News Talk ZB and the New Zealand Herald present Cooking the Books with Francis Cook, demystifying your finances. Hi, I'm Francis Cook. Welcome to the show. It's the age-old advice. Shares are a great investment for building up personal wealth, as long as you can stomach the risk. Over 10 years, you're likely to get a sizable return. But within that decade, be prepared to grit your teeth through some years where your money goes backwards. That was proved true within the last week, with Fletcher Building having an absolute nightmare. They had their second profit downgrade for this year, their share price plunged to a 16-month low, and now the CEO has bailed and is being replaced. Yep, that's a bad week. But let's be honest, this happens. I personally think that everyone who can invest should, and we'd all be a lot better off financially. But if you dabble, you have to expect to take a hit now and then. Forewarned is forearmed, as they say, and if you're realistic, then you can also have a plan in place to deal with the inevitable. So, how do you deal with an investment that goes bad? News Talk ZB presents Cooking the Books with Francis Cook, boosting your business confidence. I'm joined now by Mark Lister, Head of Private Wealth Research for Craig's Investment Partners. Now, obviously, you are where you are because you are good at looking at the information available and then looking at where's a good place to invest. But everyone gets it wrong sometimes. So what are some times where you've misjudged and had an investment go wrong? Oh, look, I think any investor, be they professional or uh, non-professional, or whether there's someone that works in the markets and uh, is following these things every day, will have plenty of stories about uh, not getting their timing right. Um, I I think when you think about investing, uh, there are lots of sensible things you can do to ensure that uh, you have a good experience and you do well over the long term. But as we all know, over the short term, markets are completely unpredictable uh, and no one has a crystal ball that works perfectly. If anyone tells you they do or thinks they do, then um, that's probably a first sign to run a mile. So uh, we've all got plenty of stories of not calling things uh, quite as well as we would like, but I don't think that's the name of the game by and large. I think uh, to be a good investor or certainly to be a good advisor, it's more about just having a, a sensible, disciplined plan, sticking to it and not blowing yourself up, to be honest. It's, it's not about getting rich quickly or taking big bets. There's no silver bullet. Yeah, and that's so true because there's a risk to investment, right? I mean, for myself, um, I personally am a fan of shares for my stage in life because I'm late 20s, I have a long time to go, I can ride out the ups and downs. But the thing is, even if something usually goes up over time, there are going to be downs, right? Oh, absolutely. And if you boil investing down to its absolutely most basic sort of questions and and concepts, it all comes back to risk and return. You know, Mm -hmm. you can't get away from that. So the more risk you take, the better your long-term returns will be. So you think about something like shares, for example. Shares over the long term will will give you an outstanding return. Uh, Over the last 50 years, New Zealand shares have averaged just shy of 10%. So that's all. That's better than just about any other investment out there. The price you pay for that wonderful long-term return is that in the short term, they go up and down. They're very volatile. So for long-term investors, those sort of, sorts of investments are the right ones to be in. But what they have to acknowledge is that they will have their ups and downs. You know, markets don't go in straight lines. And if if that all sounds too scary for you, if you, if you can't bear the fact of your investments being volatile or, or having the odd down year, then uh, 
the, the sorts of things you should be looking at are uh, fixed interest and term deposits and uh, those very safe investments. They'll be very safe, very low volatility, they'll be very predictable, but the price you'll pay is you'll get very low returns over the long term. So, you know, you can't have one without the other. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Uh, everyone wants the, the wonderful high returns with um, uh, very low volatility, but it doesn't work like that. Yeah, so in the last week, we've seen Fletcher Buildings' profits downgraded. Their stock fell to a 16-month low. Now, I could have been easily caught out if I'd had some spare cash recently because I would have thought to myself, hey, we're in a building boom, they're going to be great. Now, our Herald property editor, Anne Gibson, would actually tell you property boom is a risky time instead. Construction leaders say during a construction boom, that's the single most dangerous period for building companies. Now, what happens is um, prices that contracts are bid for change along the way. So the cost of labour, the cost of contractors, and of course the cost of materials rises very fast. Now, we know that um, in the last year, for example, the um, construction sector has had inflation in New Zealand of um, 10 to 17 percent. Some some materials have gone up 40 percent in price. All of that aside, if people invest in shares, as we've talked about, at some point they're going to go down. So what is the response when that inevitably happens? Well, I think um, there's a few things that you can learn from that Fletcher building example, and there are plenty of other examples too. You know, Pumpkin Patch uh, was a, a market darling for a long time got into trouble, uh, and there's plenty of examples here and all around the world. The lesson there is is you need to be widely diversified. You know, you look at the New Zealand share market, this year it's up 10% year to date, Fletcher Building's down 30%. So the lesson is whenever you're investing in shares, you've, you've got to make sure you've got a portfolio of companies. So you, you don't want to just own one or two or five. You want to own 10 or, or 15. Uh, you want to have a good spread of exposures to different industries, not just the building and construction industry. You want to have some healthcare, some utilities, some infrastructure, some tech um, ideally, you want to have some shares in other parts of the world too. You know, New Zealand's been a great performer over the last several years, and we really are in a bit of a golden period in terms of our economy and our share market. But maybe that won't always be the case. I think it's really sensible for investors to be diversified right across the board. That means different asset classes, uh, different regions within shares. It means different industries and, and that sort of thing. And that protects you from one of them going wrong. You know, if you if you have 10 shares um, over any period of time, you're not going to get 10 out of 10 right. When you bring up diversification there, I've talked in a previous episode about a good way for people to start out is often index funds because you're diversified from the start. But say if someone is, uh, they've they've got a few different companies that they've invested in, single companies, and one of them goes down. It doesn't fold completely, but it's gone down, it's hit rock bottom, do you sell? Do you cut your losses? Or do you hang in there and hope it gets better? Yeah, that's the million-dollar question, and, and there's, <laughs> there's no right or wrong answer. Well, there is a right or wrong answer, but it's, it's, it's one of those ones that every situation is different. There will be uh, some occasions where something gets unfairly sold off. Um, Fish and Paykel Healthcare is a good mm. example. Now, that's a great New Zealand company doing some really good things overseas. It, it's a very high-quality business, a great performer. It got sold off pretty heavily uh, in the, the early part of this year because people were worried about um, some of the patent battles they were having with, for some, with some competitors. So it fell. In hindsight, the right thing to do was not to panic and, and run for the hills, but to stay with it or even 
buy more if you're you're brave enough and it's it's gone right back up to further than where it started. Now they won't always be like that. There's lots of companies correct. So (laughs) you never know. I think I think you want to ask yourself questions about well. Why did I buy this in the first place? Has the story or the fundamental investment case for this company XYZ, whether it's Fletcher Building, whether it's Fish and Pike or Healthcare, Pumpkin Patch, whatever, has the investment case changed? Um, and would I still buy it today uh, if I didn't already own it? And if, if you wouldn't buy it today, then maybe that sort of um, makes you, should make you wonder why you should still own it. It's really hard to sell. You know, mm. the, making the decision to st- sell is always harder than the decision to buy um, because no one wants to sell and sort of crystallise your loss. It's like when house prices are down, you know, it's easier to just say, well, let's take it off the market and, you know, hope they go back up again. No one wants to sell because then you've almost... You've locked in the correct. loss, Correct. Right? You, you have. You've locked it in and, and you've got to admit that you were wrong. You've got to mm-hmm. admit that you made a, a, a bad call. So everyone finds that decision harder, but... um. A lot of the time, hindsight will tell you we probably should be a little bit more ruthless uh, when things change and be happy to cut our losses and move on. Mm. Okay, so what about if we move away from shares for a second? Because I know that a lot of New Zealanders love to invest in property. It's something we seem to have this really big emotional attachment to. And apologies to anyone listening who can't even afford a first home. I know, I'm sorry, we're going to talk about property investment. But... If someone was looking at buying in Auckland right now, I mean, I look at that market, and even if I won lotto and could afford an Auckland house, I I would be tempted not to because I feel like it's overvalued. And there's also the instinct of what goes up must come down. If someone was to buy and then a bubble burst, what do you do with property? Do you treat it the same way as shares? I think in most cases you probably don't, and the reason is, uh, for mo- if, if you're buying it for an investment, then you probably do. You know, investments you you've got to boil it down to the cold hard numbers and the financials. But if it's your own home that you've bought one uh, to, to live in, then uh, you don't necessarily need to sell. You know, you didn't buy it because you wanted to make money. You bought it because you needed somewhere for your family to live. So mm. if that's the case, you don't really need to be too worried about um, the ups and downs of the property market. As long as you can keep paying the bills, uh, paying the mortgage, the rates, the insurance, all of that sort of thing, uh, I think you're best to just sort of bide your time. The The thing with property is um, Kiwis love it. it. It's been a great performer over the years, uh, but property goes down as well. So, you know, we, it's a complete myth that property is, is a one-way bet and it only mm. ever goes up. There are many Many examples over the last three, four, five decades of property prices falling. You do need to be careful, not overstretch yourself, make sure that you don't overborrow and jump on the bandwagon at precisely the wrong time, especially when you think about where interest rates are. Lowest they've been since the 1960s. Well, is that going to last forever? Probably not. And we take out mortgages for 20, 25, 30 years. So, you know, you need to think about whether you have enough of a buffer to sustain. Uh, higher mortgage rates, um, moving down to one income, getting a few of your your overtime hours cut if the economy sort of runs into trouble. Those are the things that people need to think about just to make sure that they actually can afford to buy that very, very expensive Auckland house. Yeah, don't go right to the limit, right? Absolutely not. Most people can sustain a few rough years, but the people that, that always get hit the hardest are the people that have overstretched themselves, overborrowed, and basically bitten off more than they can chew. They're the ones that end up in the tough position because they end up being forced sellers, mm. uh, and they have to sell into a weak market, and then they end up 
underwater and often with, with debts that are higher than what the asset is worth. Yeah, slow and steady very much wins the race, right? Um, all right, we're very much almost out of time, but just briefly, I know sometimes people think they've come up with a great idea. They see the market go down and they're like, right, now's the time. Everything's cheap. I'm going to jump in. Now, experts can decide for themselves uh, what they want to do in that situation. But for beginners, if share prices collapse, if the property market collapses, is it a good idea for them to run in there and snap up possible bargains? Uh, well, if you're good enough to pick the bottom, then yeah, absolutely. You know, um, and, and I think that's why things like KiwiSaver are, are really good ways to get into investing. Because the thing with, think about KiwiSaver, for example, it started in what, 2007 or all thereabouts. So if you look back with the benefit of hindsight, it started at a terrible time. You know, that was almost the peak. 2008, share prices fell 30%. 2009, they fell a little bit more. Everyone was sitting back going, geez, that was a terrible idea to put everyone in this sort of KiwiSaver sort of investment scheme. But now we look back here in 2017 and through 2008, 2009, 2010, people picked up some absolute bargains. Now, we didn't know that at the time because you don't know if they're going to keep going down further or whether you've um, you've caught the bottom. So I, I don't think you want to get into the trap of trying to sort of bet the farm on things here on at this very specific point in time. But a good way to do it is just that instalment investing, you know, steady investment every week, every month, every quarter, whatever. Uh, and that's effectively what KiwiSaver is because when you sort of take the um, the guesswork out of it, you're just sort of doing it as an automatic payment out of your pay or, or however it works, you end up picking up some bargains. And people that um, held their nerve and kept investing into their KiwiSaver through those tough years you know, they bought Ryman Healthcare shares at a dollar. Now they're what nine or ten dollars. They bought wow. this shop, this stock, that stock. It really was um, the share market on sale, and people have made a lot of money. So I think the lesson is again just have a disciplined plan and stick to it. You know, the more that we try and overthink things and sort of pick where markets are going, the more we run the risk of making bad decisions. Okay, thank you so much. That was Mark Lister, Head of Private Wealth Research for Craig's Investment Partners. If you have a question about this podcast or a suggestion for next time, do come and find me online. I'm on Facebook at Francis Cook Journalist or Twitter at Francis Cook. And don't forget you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. If you wanted to leave me a five-star review, I think you were super great. Until next time, have a great day. And that's Francis cooking up your business confidence for another week on News Talk ZB.